0: You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan.
1: Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. A lot of time Fire in. Yes, It's, it's again, number two on the day.
0: Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast, the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me, as always, is Mike the Cranky Fan.
1: Hey, Grump. I am back at Cranky Fan Worldwide Headquarters in New York, and uh, for all you people who think we're too positive about this team, I'm going to get a little negative tonight because I'm a little annoyed, and uh, we'll get into it throughout the course of the show, but it's starting to wear on me a little bit, and the free passes, I think, are going to start to stop.
0: Um. I'm gonna say I've never really given anyone a free pass. I think I give people grace period because uh yeah. simply because this was a rebuild always. And so That's fair certain certain things, you know, there there was a grace period and you know that grace period is not uh equal opportunity, right? It's not y- yeah, you expect that grace period to taper off, not you know, be a hard shut off, but
1: Yeah. Well let me let me uh let me slightly change what I said, maybe grace, maybe free pass isn't the word, but the grace period of, you know, accepting things for being as bad as they are. At some point, you want to see things starting to improve little things and bigger things. And, you know, an embarrassing effort against the Giants, Jets, followed by a bye week, followed by really, and you just look as just sloppy and just not prepared and just nothing that tells you they're going to win a game it just at some point it starts making you know just looking inward and saying what are we doing here and I think this is a good time to kind of do that what are we doing here at this point in the season
0: yeah you know there's a lot it, 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 this, it looks like a mess doesn't it so mm-hmm. the Giants lost 1914 to Chicago in Chicago um this game actually played out kind of the way I expected. I, They were going to fool us into into watching the whole game by keeping it close and playing well in the beginning and just shitting the bed late, which is kind of what happened. I mean, the Giants struck first. This really, for the first I, – I, I don't know. I guess the whole first half – so so, just for some context on how I watch this game and also why I was so quiet on Twitter throughout the game is <clears throat> I – um. It was my birthday uh, Friday or Saturday. It was my birthday Saturday. I had a big party and I stayed at my girlfriend's. So I watched on my phone. So flipping between Twitter and Hulu is not, you know, yeah, it's, it's not it's- worth it. So so I just didn't really bother. But so I was watching the game. My girlfriend was in the other room cooking. I don't know what the hell she was doing. But she just kind of was like, you're really quiet in there. What's going on? And I was like, it really seems like a competition between two teams trying to lose harder, because yeah. goddamn was the first half of that game messy on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, it, it looked like an inept effort, and it's kind of a marvelous to to even realize that. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be hard on this Giants team, but I think it's important context to know that they went up against the eighth best defense and two awfully missed field goals actually would have won this game. So that's the that's the only positive I'm really going to sprinkle into this into this episode. I'm gonna be hard on them for the rest of the show. But I mean yeah. it's it's kind of amazing, you know, I, I keep forgetting that, that like really the points left on the board here were game winners. <laughs> so it it just fucking blows my mind thinking back on how poorly they played.
1: Well this Chicago team is a bad team as well. They're I mean, not a bad
0: defense though.
1: All right, that's fine, but they're a bad team. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And this is the type of game where we're – what week is this? Week 11 we're in now? 12. Week week 12. When you get to week 12 and you're playing a team like Chicago, it's a good kind of barometer of where are you and what have you done since week one and week two to say we are seeing progress. And yes – if you look at Daniel Jones's numbers, you look at the offense's numbers, they're atrocious. Awful. But, but when you're watching Daniel Jones, you don't look like a, looking at a quarterback who's just not ready to play in this league like a, a Daniel Haskins is or some of these other guys that look just like they're not ready to play right now. It's, I don't get that sense with Daniel Jones. So that to me is a positive that there is something to build off of with this quarterback. I am just a little aggravated right now that whether it was trying to, you know, game planning and scheming for this game or just seeing upward trends in anything, I'm not seeing anything from this coaching staff that's giving me hope right now. And then to follow it off with the continued arrogance that this coaching staff does, is, well, it's, 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 pat Shermer in the the post-game press conferences that makes us feel like dummies like we our eye test is failing our eyes and we're not seeing what we really see and that's something that really is starting to concern me I, i know that's more optics than anything but you know at some point you have to show like you know this defense is starting to get it or we're starting to do things on offense is starting to, we're starting to see an identity what this team is like there is absolutely no identity with this team right now on either side of the ball and all three units are struggling special teams is a is a complete mess right now we can't run the ball right now we can't pass block right now can't cover anybody in the spe- in secondary and at some point it's like is progress really being made and you know is this something where it's not, and it's not going to, based on the pedigree of this coaching staff. Do we, you know, really be back next year? I, mean, I, I thought it'd be a lock; they would be. But this is really the first time, after these last three weeks with the bye week included, that I'm not so sure that's a guarantee anymore. You know, from Schirmer on down. That that might be that might be a little overreaction, but I've been pretty calm up to this point, and I just see a team that. That team's a joke, and for what the, the, the there is talent level enough on this team that this team should not be as bad as they are right now.
0: Yeah, um, I I think I sort of agree. Again, it, I, I'm trying to keep in mind how good this Bears defense is. You know,
1: it, yeah, but you know something, the Bears defense wasn't allowing Mr. Trubisky to look like you know a really good quarterback. You know, and and find guys wide open all over the place. So.
0: I yeah, about- I'm taking I'm yeah. taking it side by side. So I'm starting with the offense. Yep. I'm I'm trying right. to keep in mind that they're play, that the Bears defense that they played is a very 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 good defense with some very very good players. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I agree with you. There's offensively, I don't know what we're trying to do. We have a building block running back, hurt or not, doesn't matter for what. Uh, the, the context is: What are we trying to do with him? Are we trying yeah. to run block for him? Are we trying to get him in space to throw the ball to? What What is his purpose? Yeah, I mean, and, I shouldn't th- be th- asking that about a first round pick, let alone a top two pick. Yeah,
1: and, and let's and let's forget it for a second because he's obviously not a hundred percent. It's like the play calling for him, and some of these runs are just like. Everybody, the whole offensive line is going to the left side. Just bring him outside, you know, to the right where there's five guys waiting for him. Uh, that was that one third that, down play, third.
0: I think. I, you know what? I, he gets a lot of. I, I'm I'm going to not crack down on that one play call. I mean, here and here's why. Simply put, you know, the Giants' Twitter has slammed Pat Schummer for non-creative play calls. I mean, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. That was just good discipline by a defense. I mean. I, I, I kind of think that being that it's Barkley, there's always going to be somebody staying home and following him, whether there's a fake to the fullback or not. I'm just – I'm not going to kill him for that play call. I mean how about just the dives up the middle? I mean what – what yeah. my, my bigger concern is with, with running the ball is this offensive line should be better and it's not getting better. And I think something is wrong along the offensive line in terms of coaching. And I don't know if it's Scheme or the offensive line coach because I don't think it's the personnel. I'm not a big fan of Jalapio. Fine. I'm not a big fan of Remers. I'm not a I, I'm not as bearish on Nate Solder as everybody else. I think that Will Hernandez is really good and I think that Kevin Zeitler is really good. But that they should, the be, they should the be they should be They should be better yeah. than what I'm seeing here. And I'm seeing guys not getting pushed. I'm seeing offensive linemen collide with each other. I'm seeing them in the backfield. And, again, I'm trying to keep in mind that who, who they're playing against and, you know, the fact that, you know, in context, right, last week they played the Jets, not a very good team. They put up 24 points or something like that, 27 points. You know, again, just trying to keep in mind, you know, what, what we're going up against here. But...
1: But just the team as a whole, though. I mean,
0: yeah, I, yes, it, Good defense, I have no idea it, it, what what what's going to happen on a given week offensively. I don't know what we're yeah. trying to do. I you know I just know and, that it's and everything is sluggish. sloppy. Yeah.
1: Everything is sloppy. You know the little you know attention to detail. You know the really good coaches. That's they always harp on it. You know uh, Nick Saban at Alabama. Do your job. Attention to detail. Bill Belichick. Attention to detail. Biggest things. There is no attention to detail on this team. And yes, there's a lot of young guys, but there's also a lot of guys that have been around this league a while on this team as well. I don't well. think
0: there are that many young guys on offense. I'm talking about just
1: I'm talking about all three phases of the game. This a team. This team as a whole. I I mean, you know?
0: I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm still taking it side by side. I'm I'm sticking with the offense for a little bit because that to me is the ugliest. I mean, attention to detail. We're seeing wide receivers collide with each other on crossing yeah. I mean, and shit. And it, every week, it's not one play. You know, it, it's a fucking mess. And, um, you know, I, I don't think there's any excuse with it in terms of the crew of wide receivers we have right now. I mean, Darius Slayton's a rookie, sure. I'm sure he's made mental errors that we're not aware of because we don't know the play call and what he's supposed to be doing. But Golden Tate is a veteran. Sterling Shepard is a very good veteran. You know, of one of those quality young vets who we didn't see this kind of shit out of him. Under you know Ben McAdoo or you know
1: yeah and that's not exactly a very high bar for coaching either
0: no and <laughs> so, and, and it, you know w- when we talk about is Pat Shurmur going to be back next year I I do think so barring some other coaching candidate just being on the market and no I'm not talking about Jason Garrett
1: but, yeah we'll get to the, we'll get to that in a minute yeah but keep going um,
0: I think that you know there has to be some level of Intervention. I said this a couple weeks ago. They're going to have to have the sit down with him. You're going to have to let go of the offense and be the head coach, or you're going to have to demote yourself to offensive coordinator and bring somebody in here who can coach. Which would you prefer to do? Because right now, you can't handle both. Your offense looks like shit. The defense, I'm a little bit more lenient with, and it's because I've said it from the beginning of the year. Whole new secondary, whole new secondary, with the exception of Janoris Jenkins and a lot of very young talent there. Okay, but but, we've seen. And we've seen some growth DeAndre Baker the guy who's gotten the most first team snaps of the young guys we've seen him start the year awful in the first two games and slowly gotten better and better and better now when they are young like this especially at that position a DB it is a steep learning curve they are not pass rushers who can brought in situationally and be like get the quarterback you know what I mean there's a lot more nuance to a starting outside or slot guy
1: but the secondary is bad all over. Not just you know guys like him. We're talking you know that there's slant passes over the middle are going 20, 30
0: yards. There's no one in near I disagree. What we saw last week was Corey Ballantyne get abused, and that's pretty much it in the secondary. With the other there was a drop touchdown pass where Lorenzo Carter was in coverage, tripped and fell. But you know that's gonna happen on a given week, sure, whatever. But other than that, I think. At least in this last game, because I'm taking it game by game with, with a group this young, I think we just saw Corey Ballantyne get torched. Do and you I'll, think on, – On 14 targets, he allowed 12 receptions. That's bad. That's pretty rough.
1: Do you think from week one to week 11 or 12, wherever we're at, would you say the overall progress of the secondary is – do you expect more progress than we are now? Is this kind of where you expect them to be? And they're not better than you thought they were going to be. I mean,
0: I expected more progress, but I expected—I I am seeing the progress though. Um,
1: so, so let's do this. We have five games left on this season. We play at home against Green Bay. We play. Uh, hold on, I'm all out of order, order here. We're at Philly on a Monday night game. Yep. We're home against Miami. Yep. We're at Washington.
0: And then home And then the
1: we Philly. play. And then we play Philly again. If we lose out this schedule, which is possible, which is possible, Shermer's not back next year. I think that that shows that that's a locker room that quit because you're playing two of the three worst teams in the league, Giants included in that three. You know, you're playing um, an Eagle team that's
0: middle of the pack. Very,
1: very Jekyll and Hyde you know, and, and you're playing a, a good Green Bay team, which you expect to lose. But if they can't beat Miami at home, and they can't beat Washington on the road, I mean, what does this coaching staff really have to hang on to say they have make they're making progress?
0: I, you know, In, I don't know. I mean, the only the the one saving grace would be that he can say, "I'm working with a rookie quarterback." And, you know, we don't know what level of playbook is introduced to him week after week. You know, he might be able to save his job on that. He might be able to save his job based on lack of coaching candidates. You know, I'd have to think that if Ron Rivera is available, I know he's a defensive guy. I have to think that if he's available, he's a proven winning head coach, at least in my opinion. I think he has shown that he can have a disciplined team. And not for nothing, I think he had an undisciplined group of guys that he had to deal with
1: you know something we're we're also the new york giants if they want to open up the the uh the purse strings and go after like whoever the hottest candidate in college is or or say a you know the the hottest coordinator out there or just poach somebody we could do it if we really wanted to i mean this isn't jacksonville who's counting pennies
0: i don't know i I don't know if that's true man the giants who, who wants to come into this fucking mess I mean at an NFL level. If you you can – your college argument, I'm with you. You Yeah, You got to be real careful about that though. I mean the hottest names in college usually are the same guys that we hear every year with Nick Saban um, or – I think of a guy like a a Lincoln Riley. Yeah, I was going to say or or a, a fast riser like Lincoln Riley where you don't really know. He doesn't have a super long track record of winning. Right. I mean, like, but, I could say, you know, Jim Harbaugh has some NFL experience, and uh, you know, not super great in college, but a college coach with pedigree. He was,
1: yeah, he was, he was much better at Stanford than he is at uh, Michigan, Michigan, that's for yeah. sure.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, also Pac-12 versus Big Ten, right?
1: Right, um, right. But I, but I think the, the the point is, though, I I think that to say there's a you know a lack of candidates, I think we can create a market for candidates. I think, even though the mess yeah. that is here. I mean, this is still the Giants. This is still New York. There's still money to be spent on a coach, and quite honestly, you know, we've gone on the cheap for the last two coaches, and you know, ownership. Yeah, but
0: I don't think I don't, that wasn't. I, I think that wasn't intentional. I think they really no, thought no, they had the next big thing, and no, Ben McAdoo no, and no. thought they were ahead of the curve.
1: Right, 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 right. But you know, I don't think anybody out there thought that this head coach was the next big thing and had a pretty poor track record to begin with. Granted, he did a nice job as coordinator with Minnesota, but still, remember when he was hired, there was a lot of, oh. You know, it wasn't something that... And I think this fan base now is getting very ornery and very cranky, and a splash might need to be made, and I don't know. I I just... The... The confidence I have in this coaching staff, it's not just Shermer. You know, this, like you said, the offensive line coach, you know, and, uh, you know, Betcher, and all the way down the line, special teams has fallen off the side of a cliff. It's just not very confidence inspiring going forward, especially in a critical part in this team's, you know, the rebuild, the rebuild. you You can talk about. You know, we're drafting this guy, drafting this guy, I have cap space for this, cap space for that. But this coaching staff, how this team is molded into an identity and a cohesive unit, I don't have really any confidence right now that this is the coaching staff that can do it. And, you know, I'm not saying fire everybody at this very moment, but my, my confidence that they're going to get a year three is really pretty shaken right now that it's going to happen.
0: Well, let me ask you a hypothetical question. Um, yes. Let's just say that Rosas hits both field goals. The Giants won this game by, what would that be, one point? Yeah. Yeah. Would well, have been, I mean, would, that's, would that's Butterfly
1: effect. We don't know how to get even played. Of play course. That, get, I'm, I'm, I'm you, saying hypothetically. Point.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get your point. <clears throat> what's, your, what's your take on Sherman now? Because they still played like shit. But they also just beat a Bears team that has the number eight ranked well, defense.
1: There is, there, is a, there is an intangible, and anybody who follows me on Twitter at The Cranky Fan knows I say it all the time, losers lose. And the first step in becoming a winner is no longer being a loser. How do you do that? By winning games. And losers lose, and right now we are stuck in a losers lose rut. That's a game we lost. We lost it because little things, you know, a, a Pro Bowl kicker last year, can't hit the side of a barn this year you know little silly things he kicks balls out of bounds now things never were to happen we're finding ways to lose and sometimes it just takes a breath of fresh air
0: to change losers lose so i mean i guess but i my my point is still valid is is being that they even played poorly yesterday had they won and it's all I'm illustrating is it' was certainly possible they could have won based on two missed field goals. Um, you know, what is your opinion of Pat Shermer then?
1: I think my opinion of Pat Shermer changes that much. I think it helps his cause and gives him more breathing room to do what he has to do by winning. I mean that again, I don't think that's a very good chicago bears team you're right. It's a good defense, but it's not a good team. A team made as many mistakes almost as we did.
0: In, the, you in know, the first half.
1: Foolish penalties and just ridiculousness. It's like we can't lose. I remember watching that late first half and thinking, we can't lose this game. You can't lose to this garbage. And, you know, and the, the, the tide turned in the second half. But I think that this team is still playing for – I mean this team didn't quit in the second half. Would you agree with that? I mean they, they weren't executing – but I didn't get a sense that they quit.
0: No, I don't think they quit at all. I mean, if I, anything, I, yeah. they, they converted a fourth and thirteen into a touchdown.
1: Yeah. Well, just you know, just giving effort. Like you didn't see all of a sudden like a lack of defensive effort at the game where they just having you know give me touchdowns and stuff. It, they're, they're not there yet. So that's, that's one thing I will put on Shermer's you know the positive side of his ledger that he still has from what we see on the field. He still has the locker room. And that's very important.
0: Yeah, it's, it's sure seems that way.
1: But but you know something though, if uh, you know they uh, they lose a couple tough games, you know they lose that Packer game and in, in the Philly game the Monday night, and they turn around and they lose at home to Dallas, that could change on a dime. Miami. Where you know, yeah, everybody could, you know, you can lose a team that quickly where it's just like, you know, if we don't see light at the end of the tunnel. if They stop seeing it. Then there's some real problems. So I don't know. I just kind of – I'm not a fire anybody right away just because of record. I just see a very bad team that's not getting better as a whole. There's green shoots of things getting better. I mean I think Daniel Jones is playing better. I know the numbers say he wasn't, but the eye test says he's getting better. He looks more comfortable playing. He doesn't executing but would you agree with that?
0: I think it's hard to point at 21 of 36 for 150 yards and two touchdowns as improvement but I agree. I think I actually think uh he moved pretty well in the pocket. Um that was my my biggest gripe with him is not necessarily the fumbles it's the fumbles he could have avoided by mm-hmm. by navigating where there were outs in the pocket. You know, when one when one blocker misses an assignment and you got a free rusher that means that four other guys are blocking well, which means there's a way away from that. So that's it's a, it's a feel thing. It's probably the hardest part about being a quarterback, probably. Yeah, yeah, that um, takes time, and and I fully expect that. But I mean, that was my thing when people were like, Nate Solder is garbage at left tackle. I was like, all right, what's the excuse for everybody else then? Because yeah. you know, you can get away from one guy. You just got to move away from it. And I don't want him to be gun-shy and be ready to run at every moment, but he's got to have some pocket awareness and he's got to learn it. And I think that we're seeing him learn it. I mean, even on his touchdown pass to Tate, you know, he had two rushers on either side of him climb the pocket. He threw off his front foot a perfectly placed spiral.
1: It was, you know, when he actually threw it. My first thought was, "Oh my god!" That's exactly what I did. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sitting on the
0: floor. I didn't even make a sound. I just put my head in my hand. I I thought he was throwing out the back of the end zone. To be honest with you, I think I I did a classic.
1: I think I did a classic. Oh (laughs) shit!
0: One of those. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, I. I think for sure we're seeing the development of Daniel Jones. I think that is the most clear cut development, but also he's the one getting the most attention in practice. You know what I mean? He's the one getting all of the first team reps. Um and and, you know, i'm sure that there are guys hired to help him with everything in life so that he can devote as much time as he can to studying and working in me, his craft.
1: Let me ask you a question. Do you think that they would keep Shermer an extra year just to not interrupt what they feel is good development of Daniel Jones led by Pat Schirmer.
0: 1,000%. 1,000%. What I will say is they might bring in somebody to call the plays. If Mike Shula is not going to do it, then they're going to do something about that because they need to fix this mess at least from a, a – a a saving face standpoint
1: yeah an optics perspective i mean
0: and i'm not even talking about making a move to please the fan base i mean making a move to make the product better to please the fan base because it's clear pat Shermer cannot do both jobs right so they might bring in an offensive coordinator that he trusts and agrees upon or whatever and they spent the whole fucking offseason working out a new offense and well, it also, so that it you also just transfer all of that, that work off onto that offensive coordinator and just be the fucking head coach.
1: It also may not be to appease the fan base. It might be to appease the locker room, you know, cause there's going to be, is you know, at some point, you know, you know, the, the, you're going to start seeing maybe like that defense versus offense thing. And, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't know what, I don't know what the hell the defense should be talking about. They're just as guilty of, as anything, but yeah. you know, if he wants to save, you know, His standing in the locker room, that might be done more so than what the fans think. And the fans, you know, they can complain all they want, but uh, I don't see anybody – nobody's not going to buy season tickets. It's kind of – they're going to kind of get what they get.
0: I I, I fully acknowledge that this is a very unlikely scenario, but it is a possible scenario that by doing this move and bringing an offensive coordinator and after another good draft or whatever and the free agency where they finally have money to spend, that this team can – hypothetically go to the playoffs next year and then Pat Schirmer ends up being the coach of this team for another 10 years while this team gets back to its <laughs> former you know, glory. That is a possibility that I can't deny. It is mathematically a, a possibility. It's very unlikely. Um, so whatever move they make has to be towards that future. I don't think they're just going to bring in a guy and keep a guy just for that I think that if they're going to keep Pat Shermer, they have to make a move at offensive coordinator or something that is in the best interest of the future beyond Pat Shermer
1: yeah, this status quo this status quo will not be as it is going forward, and they're not I don't think decisions will be made just to keep so Pat Shermer can keep his job either no it, not at all it's not to win the Miami game in two weeks or exactly. even or even to be you know six and ten in two thousand and twenty it's Hey, but, you know, we'll have to see. I mean, that's something where, you know, what is Dave Gettleman's horizon? Like, what is, you know...
0: He's he is a longer a, leash, I think.
1: Oh, no, I'm not talking about him being fired. I'm talking about what is his horizon for how patient is he going to be? Because, again, he's not the youngest guy, and he's not the healthiest guy in the universe either. So my point is, how? what is his horizon for? How long does he give Schirmer the leash to do what he he needs to do to be successful or not or does he just say you know this is not happening I'm not giving him the time
0: I I mean I'm a fan you know I, I, I do this as a hobby so I don't know everything in the universe but we can assume that a phone call of some kind has been placed between Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer where it's like, what, what is going on with my team I've assembled for you right now right I mean that's happened we mm-hmm. think yeah um I I do believe that at the end of this season, if you know now now with uh, two wins, we're looking at a likely three to four win team, right? A I possible would say, two a, or a possible five, right?
1: I, I yeah, two to five. I'd say I think realistically, splitting with Miami and Washington is probably the most realistic of those so about, two games.
0: So, yeah, right. So about a about a so, three four win team. So yeah, you know. I think at this point that conversations already happened, and a decision has been made by Gettleman that something has to happen along the coaching staff lines. I don't. I, I mean, or you think it's addressed in the off season purely? It, gets- yes, I think so. But I, what I'm saying is that that conversation's already happened, and th- th- they are planning to make a move of some kind. And, you know, I'm obviously when you do this, all doors are open, right? I mean. Jason Garrett gets fired. Nobody wants him as a head coach. Is he a possible offensive coordinator? Jay Gruden is technically on the market. Um, Jim Harbaugh can be bought. You know, Lincoln Riley certainly a possibility. People are talking about Matt Rule from uh, fucking Baylor, former Giant um, coach. Um, th- there are guys out there, and who snatches up who and who's available, you know, influence all those decisions. If you have a clear-cut head coach candidate. Is it possible that they just swap out? It is I, to me. It's dangerous grounds because you have a quarterback not attached to that head coach, and that's what you fear, right? I don't know, but I mean, if 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 a if a perfect offensive coordinator is available, then why the fuck not? Get the offensive coordinator, take all the duties away from Pat Shermer. You know, may, maybe that really is the answer. Maybe maybe that is all that's missing. I doubt it. I, I'm not a big Pat Shermer believer. I, ne- I wasn't a fan of the hire, but how am I to know that? He's been yeah. calling the fucking plays.
1: Oh, I, I mean, I don't think that him just calling the plays absolves him for all the decisions, the, the good or no bad decisions way. he makes. Not at all. Right, exactly. So, you know, I know a lot of people who, who are staunch Pat Shermer defenders, and there are some of you guys out there. Or, you know, I want to make, make excuses for, like, well, he's got all this stuff on his plate and they don't want to admit that he needs to even be had, that's taken away from him. I just don't, I think he's got two problems. One, I just don't think he makes good decisions. And I just don't think that, I, I, and not necessarily his fault, but there's now a culture of losing around him and around this team right now. And sometimes you just have to, start over to kind of break that and that's not necessarily fair to a head coach but that might be the case you know will he start if he's no longer calling plays will he no longer stop taking you know dumb challenges for pass interferences or questionable play calling on fourth down or not using burning all three timeouts you know so there's no timeouts available at the end of a end of a game or something will that change like will he have more clarity in his thinking if he's on recalling plays
0: possibly but did you have a did you have a problem with the way he used his timeouts in this game because i, I kind of didn't i mean i thought i thought that using all the time ends, timeouts on defense to get the ball back with as much time as possible was the right move the offense just didn't perform you know they they converted on a fourth down and then they weren't able to convert convert on a consecutive fourth down you know, I mean, at a certain point, it's not about time management anymore. The offense has to get a first down. Yeah, right? well,
1: I always, I always say this. You know, at the end of the day, players have to play. You know, players have to make plays. And
0: I, I th- I'm, All I'm saying is that, you know, he has made plenty of time management gaffes throughout the year. I, I didn't think that this game was bad for that.
1: We didn't lose the game because of time management or lack of timeouts at the end, but.
0: I mean, I, 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 I would have done the same thing is what I'm saying in that game. In yesterday's game, I would have called the timeouts in the exact same spots. Mm -hmm. Because what would we have? We had like, what, uh, like a minute and a half or something like that? No, Um, maybe like we had before the two-minute warning. So it was about three minutes. I think that's kind of where you want to be because you had the two-minute warning in there. And you have a rookie quarterback. Your offense isn't doing great. So you're going to need every bit of those minutes. I thought it was the right thing to do.
1: You want to have every bit of those minutes or you want to have a timeout in in Daniel Jones' back pocket in case something goes horribly wrong and you just need to stop I don't know. it's kind of it's kind of a six one way half a dozen the other almost
0: I have to review what what time was left on the third down play that they stopped the Bears at and forced the punt because they there were three consecutive running plays so you have to roll off the entire play clock. And you know, see where you're at from there. I mean, maybe you could have saved that last timeout. I I can promise you though that if he had done that and this game ended the same way it went, the number one story would be how he didn't call timeout there. Yeah. So.
1: Well, you know, something he has he's earned the lack of a benefit of the doubt for those decisions. He's going to get blasted either way, but that's you know, that's his making. And that's built on a you know, a resume of making bad decisions. Sure. And so
0: Yeah, I, I mean I, I think even anyone shy of Bill Belichick would get flack for that, losing a game and, and pulling that move. Just mm-hmm. just my opinion. I, I can't imagine a scenario where you're not calling all three of those timeouts then. Um given given the talent on this team. You know, obviously if you've got, you know, I don't know, the 49ers out there. Maybe you put a little bit more trust in your offense or your defense or something. But
1: I mean, this team doesn't has, has more talent than Miami does. It's just we're in the same conversation as Miami. It's just, it, 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 it's very frustrating. Because I feel like if we play them, we should beat them seven out of eight times. Yeah. We should, mm-hmm. but would
0: we? I truly don't know. I think there's a good chance we lose the yeah. offense.
1: Yeah, and what happens if? Can you imagine if uh, Miami swept the Jets and the Giants this year? <laughs>
0: Boy, that'd be funny. Not really funny, S- but I mean, stranger things have happened. Anyway.
1: Yeah. Would you some stars and farts?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, my stars for the game, I thought that Daniel Jones played a good game. His numbers aren't going to show it, but I think he played a good game. I think so did Golden Tate and uh, Darius Slayton. Um, Other than that, I I thought that Alec Ogletree had a a decent game. Stat-wise, he was kind of, you know, I think he had like a tackle. But, I mean, he was not in the wrong place at any time and even came up with a touchdown-saving pick. Which was actually not just the pick itself, but was a pretty acrobatic play. It was really.
1: Pretty, I was thinking, like, that is, you know. He caught it and it became like a one handed catch and, and rolled over. It was, it was very impressive.
0: Yeah. And I, I, I know that he did not play well last year, and I was wondering how long he was going to be on this team, but I don't think he's played bad this year. Not in my opinion. I think he's played. Okay, I mean his contract is a whole other story, a different argument. But as far as the product he's put on the field, I think has been fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Those are those are my stars.
1: I thought DeAndre Baker played pretty well. Again,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm basing it off of seeing progress from him, and I think we are seeing that slow progress from him. So I'm I think he's worthy of a star to me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hmm. <laughs> that. That might be it. <laughs> um, you want to talk about some farts? Because I have a lot of gas here.
0: Really? I, I mean, I, I didn't think that there was, as far as players go, uh, too many individual people to pick out. Um, I think Aldrich Rosas, without a doubt. Zach Diasi. Zach Diassi. Definitely. I, I mean, I know it's one bad snap, but it's your only fucking job, dude. And it, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's an easy job, but it's not one of the hardest jobs on the team. It really isn't.
1: You literally have one thing that you do, and you just do it over and over and over and over and over again.
0: Uh, and Corey Valentine has to—I I know he's young, and he gets a longer leash, but I'm going to call it like I see it. He got toasted. Mm-hmm. That's what I, that. Those were the three farts I had. I, I had nobody else to really single out as playing a poor game.
1: Would you give Saquon Barkley a fart? Just or, just for or the, we just... the
0: drop pass.
1: Yeah, just overall, I mean, if he's hurt, should he even be out there? Yeah. No one's saying he's hurt. You know, I get it. You know, the the, the the run blocking is bad, but he's doing nothing out there right now.
0: Yeah, uh, I wouldn't give him a fart. I, I don't I – mean, I, I, he, he's, he's definitely not an honorable mention. He's he's on the list. You know, he's he's building up some gas.
1: It's It's just, you know, the bar is so high from last year, and we know what he can do. And again, if it is truly because he's not 100% and he's hurt, there's absolutely no reason why he's playing. None. Yeah. I mean, we had this conversation talking about uh, Sterling Shepard and, you know, with the concussions. This isn't a concussion, but this is something where, what good is he doing being out there?
0: I do appreciate that he is, uh, you know, that prideful of his own work to not want to shut himself down when he is medically cleared to play. I am I'm, I'm on the fence on the issue personally. You know, to, to he's definitely not 100% but you know, it doesn't look like he's really risking hurting himself more by being out there. You know what I mean? There's no there's no play where he's getting tackled and getting up and kind of limping off. You yeah, know, if, I, if I were seeing that then you know there's a whole other conversation to have but you know, I, but he's so ineffective though it's just kind of like he may not be limping or anything but i mean he made he made amuka mara come up with a handful of air in the backfield that was all him yeah that was one play I, I mean, mean. I, I think that i think that he is about 70% as effective as he normally is and he's still playing behind a bad line and in a bad offensive system of some kind you know, yeah, but, I, I, yeah, but I think, he, yeah.
1: But he was in a worse line last year in this equally bad system, and he was, you know,
0: this offense didn't look this disorganized last year, did it?
1: And, and now you're getting you're getting to a point that I kind of was trying to make before about are we seeing systemic progress or not? This offense looks much more chaotic than it did this
0: point last year, and again, you know, that can be stuff happening in the huddle that we don't know about. I mean, I'm, I'm, I am more inclined to, to give credit to Daniel Jones and criticism to Pat Shermer, but it's impossible for me to, to know, you know, when I see veteran wide receivers running into each other, something's wrong there. I mean, you know, it's very possible that maybe the play being called in the huddle is not being said properly.
1: And also there's, there's zero tempo either. It's like, there's, I'm trying to remember when Shermer was running the Minnesota offense, was there more tempo to their offense?
0: Yeah, I would say so. I mean, this is a—I I don't know about tempo, but it—it it seems that Pat Shermer is a very rhythm-off oriented guy. I mean, when this team starts picking up first downs, right, mm-hmm. then you start seeing the more creative play calls. But it always starts the same. He sets the tempo, and then he's just—you see it, you know—it moves. There's very few times where this offense goes out there and they get two first downs. You know, they have—they have like six good plays in a row, and then they just crap out, you know, like a normal offense that you see on a Sunday. This team is like three and out, three and out, three and out, 95-yard touchdown drive.
1: Yeah, but but it's not even that. It's just like, look at the play clock when the ball is snapped. I mean, it's like at three, four,
0: three,
1: two. Now, is that because you have a rookie who's still trying to Gain, gain command or is it just
0: – I think it's both. Like I said, once the rhythm is established on a drive, once they get that first first down and they're moving the ball, I think you see that tempo pick up. But I mean I I think the fear is that when you go tempo and you're not getting yards, you've just three and outed in even less time and your defense is back out there.
1: Well, I'm not saying – I'm not saying no huddle, just you know, super quick lightning fast. I'm talking about not – Bringing you know the, the play clock down to two every single time. I mean there there is a there there is a way to, there is a way to kind of you know mix it up a little bit. And yeah, and it could be you know him, but also the same thing was happened with Eli last year too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's some of it is Daniel Jones diagnosing probably slower than other guys. It's him calling the the play maybe a little bit slower. You know, recognizing things. It, it, it could be any number of things.
1: He also may not have as much freedom to make changes at the line like Eli did too. Like you said earlier in the show, that you know how much of the playbook does he actually have? Well, how much? You know how many? What checkdowns are available to him to play off the original play call as well? It still might be.
0: Think 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 of think of it from a defensive coordinator point of view. Now you wouldn't throw a nine man rush at Eli Manning because you know he's going to diagnose it and kill you for it. Mm-hmm. You might throw a nine man rush at Daniel Jones because maybe he won't recognize where everything is coming from. So he or show seen, it yeah. or
1: show it and jump out of it.
0: Yeah. So he's probably seeing things that Eli doesn't even ever have to see. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They're just, you know, testing a rookie quarterback. And especially when you're playing with a fucking lead, why the hell not throw the kitchen sink at the kid? I won't. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. If you get burned, you get burned. You're still up 21-7. You know what I mean? So it's very possible that, you know, there's a steeper hill for Daniel Jones than there is Eli Manning when it comes to reading a defense because he's seen things that Eli would never even have to see. I, I don't know. I mean, it's certainly a possibility. At least I think so.
1: It's a very interesting final five weeks where this could go really, really ugly and cause decisions that you know. I I kind of agree with you. I don't think they want to make a coaching change.
0: No. Yeah. I I, I, think, I think instability. I, you don't want that.
1: Well. Yeah, and and you're starting over from scratch with a young team, you know. You're going to have Daniel Jones have his second, you know, staff in 2 years, which you don't want. So you want to have a little, you know, something just to get, you know, the, the hounds off you for a little bit, you know, so you can have a an off season and and keep working on things. But uh if this goes south, and again, if they lose one or both of those Washington Miami games, they may have no choice but to make a move,
0: yeah, it's very possible,
1: yeah, and then you start wondering you know the decision making about you know, it's two failure head coaches and back to back you know hires not not the same not the same g m but the same owner
0: yeah. In any case, we have a Packers game coming up in which there's a chance that Golden Tate will not be in. He suffered a concussion in this game on his touchdown catch, it it appears. I don't know. He also got clocked in the face early on. Yeah. Um. And Jabril Peppers suffered a transverse process fracture, which is essentially a bone yeah. in, in his back, I think.
1: Yeah, what does that mean in English? I heard that three times today and I didn't get an explanation of what that means. I don't know.
0: Um what I do know is that his season is likely done and I should hope that even if it's not medically done that it's done. Um and so begins the Julian Love era, you know, time to see some more growth and maybe just maybe free safety won't be a need in the off season if Julian Love is as good as we hope. Yeah. You know, one less need is is always nice. So we'll see that on Funny. full display on Sunday, so.
1: But expect growing pains while that's happening too. So
0: yeah, I, I, you know, some somebody that I uh, follow on Twitter that I actually think is a smart fellow. I, 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 his name is like Nailidge or something like that. I don't know his actual name, but, um, he he summed it up perfectly. Y'all want to see Corey Ballantyne? Well, now you're seeing it, and uh, I agree with him. I mean, this is what you get, and it goes along the same lines that we've been saying all year. It's like, oh, it can't get any worse. Yes, it can. Yes, and it can. It will. <laughs> um and that, that that's not a bad thing. You know what I mean? Like this season's lost, I guess, you know, Cory Ballantyne went out there and he took his lumps, okay? Well,
1: there's there's two types of getting worse. There's getting worse before it gets better, and then mm. there's getting worse with no hope of getting better. Right. You know, if you want to see uh, you know, the guy behind Eric Flowers cuz it can't get any worse that's something that will be worse and not be better.
0: There's no building on that guy.
1: Exactly. But to see like a Julian Love, it's going to be probably worse in the short term as he's getting his feet wet. But the expectation is it will be better. Right. So
0: This is a guy you've invested a draft pick in that you, you expect to have a higher ceiling. When you have a guy who can't beat out Eric Flowers, he can't beat him out because he's got no ceiling. His ceiling yeah. is the floor. So, right. you know, that is the silliness that's there. You know, and – um it's, it just goes to show, you know, expect that. When Julian Love comes in next week and plays in place of Jabril Peppers, if he gets burned, that's not the worst thing in the world. It's not. I would be fully expecting it to happen. At least, on what, especially going against Aaron Rodgers. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, at this point in the season... <laughs> you want to see wins but really at this point is it really kind of moot <laughs> it's like uh, if you're if you're if you're going to be pissed off we didn't win because Julian Love got burnt or something you got to reexamine your priorities of why you're actually at the game
0: yeah in any case um this is a holiday weekend uh you know i'm not really sure i'll be away so um you'll be home until friday
1: yeah i'm going down to Gainesville for the uh the ass whipping of Florida State, which I I am fro- frothing at the mouth waiting for that to happen. So then I have a six AM flight Sunday morning to get back up for the uh for the Packer
0: game. So I um I will be in North Carolina celebrating the holidays, so I'm not sure if there will be an episode previewing the Green Bay game. If there is one, I'm not sure when it's going to happen. Um all I can tell you is that we'll be, you know, not your normal quality, probably, because we'll both be remote. Uh, and, you know,
1: I, I, who knows? I, I, well, let, here's what we should do, Grump. Let's do this right now. We're going to sign off for this show and say goodnight. We're going to record a quick two minute prediction of what we think is going to happen. <laughs> and I'm serious. And if we are able to do a show, we will throw that in the garbage and do an actual show. If we can't do a show, we'll post our two minute prediction. All right. All right. There you go. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> But in any case, the only way to find out if if the show is going to happen or not is to follow me on Twitter, right? At football underscore grump and uh, the, the podcast itself at just giants pod. But if you subscribe or follow for free on iTunes or uh, Google Play, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all those fucking places, you'll just get it and it'll just be there. And you'll be like, oh shit, a new episode. This has completed my holiday.
1: Grump, I am picturing households all across america people just not eating their turkey not eating their stuffing because they are in such anxious anticipation will it be an episode tomorrow or not that people just lose their appetite don't don't
0: if if you're there are people out there who have thanksgivings like mine not this year thankfully but where your parents are in the kitchen screaming at each other and you'll find any excuse to walk out of there you can pop some headphones in at dinner and listen to us scream at each other instead of your parents, I'm sure it's at least a little bit more entertaining.
1: Yikes. God. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah,
0: really. <laughs> Look, man, I can't be the only one that has that family.
1: <laughs> well, it could be worse. You could have Pat Shermer droning on about some nonsense in a press conference for your Thanksgiving dinner, You'll too. Fall so. asleep
0: in the cranberry sauce. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> that's exactly what he planned on doing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> It's all part of the process. It's
1: all part of the process, guys. <laughs> you can find me at The Cranky Fan, where this is Florida State hate week. This is right now feeling like Giants hate week for me, but I'll get over it. A little down in the dumps with this team, but hope springs eternal. Um, that's on Twitter, at The Cranky Fan, so uh, give me a follow. Love hearing from you guys, hearing a lot from you people lately, and we really appreciate it that uh, some people are actually telling others about this show, which is great. So keep it up, and uh, the more Giant fans that listen to the more we can interact with, and the better our show gets and the smarter we get. So um, we appreciate it, so keep it coming
0: yeah i really can't put in the words how how much that means when you guys do that kind of stuff so not yeah i'm not begging you to do it more you know it's it's nice that you do it that's i just want you to know that it's it's it really really do appreciate it
1: i am please 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 (laughs) i'm an egomaniac i like to have the constant affirmation of what we're doing so
0: (laughs) all right everyone we will see you sunday go giants giants